Today, I'll be interviewing an author, motivational speaker, professional cardboarder, and better world builder named Kyle Shield. The difference between him and other speakers is that he encourages us to do the good things instead of pointing out the negative things about negative things. I hope you enjoy. First, I'll ask you, what's up? Nothing. I am in uh, Washington, D.C. I'm speaking at a school tomorrow, so I flew in today. And uh, just got in a little while ago and kind of hanging out, walking around the city. So uh, have you been, like, hanging out with Mike Smith lately or just doing your own not, thing? I on his tour, but we had a phone call like a week ago, and uh, we keep up that way, so... Oh, that's cool. So, uh, what kind of inspired you to, like, so do you think you, like, inspire people or, like, su- like send out suggestions? What do you, like, do you inspire people to do their own thing? Um, I, I hope I inspire people to do their own thing. That's, that's what I try to do. Um, I want to inspire them. I want to, you know, motivate them. And I want to just encourage people to keep going and, and, uh, life can be hard sometimes and so if, if I can just be one voice kind of encouraging people to, to stick with it and not give up and keep trying to make the world a better place then, um, then I think that, that that's what I want to do Another question is what inspired you to like inspire other people? Yeah um, that's an interesting question I think that uh, <laughs> that I I think it's kind of interesting that I became a motivational speaker because, um, to be honest, I wasn't like a really big fan of motivational speakers when I was in high school. Um, and, and it wasn't for uh, the reason a lot of people don't like motivational speakers because they think they're cheesy or whatever. I just like, I was already a good kid in high school. So like we, and all the motivational speakers that came to my school just talked about what not to do. So they would talk about don't do drugs, don't drink and drive, don't murder people, you know, that kind of thing. And I was already not doing any of those things. And so it felt such a big waste of my time. And I felt like the kids who were doing all those bad things, like they weren't really paying attention or listening. And the kids who weren't doing those things, like they didn't need to hear it. So it was a waste of everyone's time to be there. And so when I finally became a, a motivational speaker, I, I decided, you know, I want to do completely the opposite of that. Like, I don't want to talk about all the things not to do because by this point in your life, like I speak primarily to high school and college students. And like, if you don't know not to do drugs and drink and drive and murder people, like by that point in your life, like you're probably not going to figure it out from a one hour talk from me. Um, and you know what the wrong things are to do. And so I would rather talk about the things to do and the, the positive choices you can make, the difference that you can make in other people's lives, how to impact the world for, for the better. And and uh, so that's that's kind of what inspires me and that's what drives me. Is I, I just don't think that, that telling people what not to do works. I just, I've never met anyone who was addicted to drugs and they stopped doing drugs because somebody told them not to do it. <laughs> and lots of people who who used to be engaged in destructive behavior, and then they got a vision for what their life could be, and they realized, oh, I, I kind of have to make a choice here. Like, I could go make this big difference in the world, or I can continue on this destructive path, but I can't do both of those things. And mm-hmm. a lot of getting a vision for what your life can be is really all people need to leave behind the stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah.
you go to high schools, but why why are you focused on high schools mainly? Um, high schools, I, you know, it's this is my job, so you kind of got to go where they'll pay you. And so I got started in high schools, and um, just word of mouth, like I keep getting hired to go to high schools. I'll go wherever anybody wants me to speak for the most part, but um, uh, I do a lot of high school events, and so. I do a lot of these like leadership conferences, so I'll go speak at like the Missouri 4-H State Conference or the uh, Virginia High School Student Leadership Association, and I'll go there, and there might be, sometimes it's 10 high schools, sometimes it's 100 high schools, you know, from all over the state or all over uh, the country, or, you know, it depends on what conference I'm going to, and then a lot of times I'll go speak at that conference, and then a bunch of those schools will go, oh, we really like what you said here, can you come back and speak at our school? And so why I go to high schools is because high schools are the ones who continue to pay me. Um, <laughs> they hire me. Um, but I also, I really like high school students. I, high school was like a huge uh, time in my life when I like really started to figure out who I was and, and started like making my own decisions. And that's kind of the, the point in your life where you're not really a kid anymore, but you're not really a grown up yet either. And, and so I think it's just, it's a, if you can get a hold of a kid at that point in their life and, Every month you had like one person act dead. Was it an entire week or month? What? What are you, are you so, talking about? Sorry, go ahead. So like, you you came to our school and um, you told us the story. Where somebody had to, uh, was like pretend like got hit by a drunk driver. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually it was one day, and so it was, it, and it wasn't every month. It was just one day out of the year, and they, it was uh, this thing called every 15 minutes, what, which was uh, they still do it at different high schools, but it's it's this whole day long thing that's designed to like drive home the statistic that like every 15 minutes someone in the United States dies in an alcohol related car accident, and so every 15 minutes that day they would pull a different student out of class and they had to um represent another person who had died that day so like for the rest of the day they couldn't talk they couldn't interact with anybody they would paint their face they would put them in a special t-shirt and like and so like as you're going through the day you're just seeing more and more of these people um who represent like actual people who actually died that day and then at the end of it it did this big assembly uh and that's where i jumped into the coffin That was a, that that story was hilarious by the way. I think the I oh. when you came to our assembly I think you did a great job. Like probably usual. Oh, thanks man. I appreciate that. You guys were great. Thanks. Yay! Are all your stories like real? Like they're act they actually happen. All my stories are real and they actually happen. Yeah. Um I've always been a good storyteller and so I think I tell stories in a way that is uh that people like to hear them. But yeah, they're all they're all real things that, that really happen. So how do you like not stutter? Like, what's your thing? How do how do I not stutter when I'm giving a speech? Yeah, I actually do stutter a lot when I'm not giving a speech. Not like in a speech impediment sort of way, but I I do I do uh, lose my train of thought and things like that, just like anybody else. Um, when I'm giving a speech on stage. Um, so the speech that you saw me give, I've given that same speech or a version of that speech. I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of times, and and I've given other speeches like hundreds and hundreds of times uh, because 
that's what, like, you know, I mentioned earlier, people will see me at a conference and oftentimes they'll say, hey, can you come to my school and say exactly the same thing that you've said at this conference? <laughs> and so, so it's, it's not like I just got up there and thought of that off the top of my head. That is like a, think of it almost like a performance or like a play. It's something that I've memorized and spent a lot of time on. And so I know all of the beats of that story uh, or of those stories. I know the high point and low point of the talk. I know like emotionally kind of where I'm trying to take the audience through that whole thing. And so as a result, like I don't, you know, after you've done it enough times, um, it just kind of gets dialed in. And so it's not, it's not that like, oh, I just phone it in every time and there's no, there's no work, but it's something that, that I've gotten better at, better at, better at, that just like if you were to do the same speech uh, a dozen times, or if you were to do this interview a dozen times, yeah. you would probably get better at it. You figure out, uh, you know, how to be a great interviewer. And so, or if you were to do anything a lot of times, you would get better at it. So um, I do make mistakes though from time to time, and there have been times when I've gotten off track or I've forgotten what I was going to say, or I said the wrong thing, or, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff happens. And that's just kind of part of being a speaker. You just have to learn to think on your feet and adjust to all that. And, and uh, that it, it makes it fun, it keeps it fresh. Like, how do you stay comfortable whenever you speak? Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, I am naturally wired to be a speaker, like I, or to be a person who's on stage. And I don't think everybody's like that. I used to think that like everybody was like that. And, and so whenever people would talk about stage fright or things like that, like I just really didn't understand what they were talking about because that's not a thing I've ever, I've never experienced that in my life. And I always just kind of thought like, what do you, what's the big deal? Like it's no big deal. And then I later realized like, oh, all of us are wired differently. We all have our own strengths and weaknesses. And, and for whatever reason, I am wired that like speaking in, in public, speaking in front of people doesn't bother me at all. And so that's kind of my superpower. Other people have other superpowers, and but they might be terrified to speak in public. And so um, I'm, I'm lucky that I don't actually have to work hard to not be nervous in front of people. Um, it's just kind of uh, you know, I'm actually wired the opposite of that. And so I, I, when I was in school, like I wanted to be on stage all the time. I wanted to be the center of attention. I was the kid who would get in trouble for like talking too much. Yeah. And you know, uh, I actually, I once hit my head on a ceiling fan because I like stood on top of it. I was just being dramatic for just to make people laugh. And so I put my foot on this table and I was like, and another thing. And I stood up and I didn't realize there was a ceiling fan right over this desk. I stood straight up into it, got cracked in the head of the fan. So like, that was me in high school. Nobody was like, Kyle, you should go out on stage. Like, don't worry, it'll be fine. I was like out there already on stage. And they were like, get off the stage. Like, you've been out there forever. So, so I, know, I think in general, like if you have something like that that comes easily to you and a lot of other people don't seem to have that, like maybe that's a signal from the universe that that's a thing that you're supposed to do. I guess I can ask you one last question. You've really answered all of my questions. Okay. But um, long hair or short hair? Oh well, I I have long hair, so <laughs> I uh, I mean I'm a little biased towards long hair, but I have also had short hair uh, many times in my life. So I think again, whatever works for you. I don't think that there's like a right. I, some people look stupid with long hair, and some people look stupid with short hair, and uh, I think you should do what you want to do uh, for the most part. I. I have had long hair 
three times in my life, this being the third time. And the other two times, I didn't cut it short because I wanted to. I cut it short because I got a bad haircut. Like, oh, yeah. uh, I would go trim it or something, and then the, the person doing the haircut would just do a terrible job. Like, and, <laughs> and this, I remember one time, like, this, he literally made me look like uh, like a, an old page boy from, like, the, like the <laughs> medieval times or something. And it was, like, this sort of bob haircut, like, in the short in the back and long in the front. And it just looked ridiculous what did you say to him i he was he was like really good at selling it and and so like i and i didn't know what to say and so i was just like cool dude and i walked out and it wasn't until like i got in the car because you know how like sometimes you get a haircut and they style it weird and you're like this doesn't look great but like (laughs) when i when i style it it'll be fine i just thought that's what was happening and so then i got home actually and i looked in the mirror and i was like oh my word this is terrible (laughs) <laughs> and I didn't even want to like go back to that guy and be like fix my hair because I was like he had his chance and he ruined it and so I called a friend of mine who also cut hair and I was like I I can't leave my house until you fix this and so I put on a hat the rest of the day and then went to his house when he got off work and he had to cut it all off because it was so short in the back and that happened twice and so uh so now I'm like very nervous because I'm not I haven't cut my hair in the last year and so I'm very nervous because I need to get probably a trimmed at some point soon. And I'm like, don't ever, don't let that happen. Like I can't, I can't give up another year of my life. But I don't know. For me, I think that long hair is, is where it's at. But for, for other people, it might be short hair. See, that's what I think. I think I should probably have long hair. But I had to get a haircut and um, not a big fan. What, why did you have to get a haircut? Well... So whenever you play basketball, apparently you have to see where you're shooting the ball. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just, like, cornrow it backwards? Right? Cornrow it? I don't know how to yeah. do that. Well, somebody does. The internet knows how. <laughs> I, was thinking so, of, I was thinking of wearing a man bun, but I don't think that's, like, in anymore, so. It's not, but, I, like, so here's the thing. Well, I don't know if it's in or not. I'm, I'm the last guy to ask about that, but... I do know that uh, I used to think man buns were real stupid looking and I still like don't love the way that they look but I get it now like after having long hair like yeah. you just want your hair out of your eyes and yeah so it's not like I used to think like oh people who have man buns think they look really cool and now I'm like oh no they just want to be able to like read a menu without their hair falling <laughs> in their eyes so they put their hair up so I'm now like at a point where I can pull my hair all the way back but but yeah, there was a long time where I would just be like put put it up in a, a bun, or I would just wear a hat a lot. I'm wearing a hat right now. Yeah. But yeah, dude, dude, like the thing about growing your hair out is that there's just like eight months uh, of like awkwardness where yes. your hair just looks pretty terrible all the time. But I think that's like a good formative experience that a person yeah. should go through, like having to be like committed to a thing that's like on the horizon. Yeah, commitment. Like, I'm not there yet, but I, it's going to be worth it. I think it teaches you something. Maybe that's just me uh, philosophizing about a silly hair thing, but I think that it's worth it and everyone should grow their hair out. I actually like I'm working on at some point I'll do a, a post or a speech or video or something about like things that I think everyone should do at least once in their life. And I think that everyone should like cut, grow their hair out really long at least once in their life just to see. And everyone should buzz their hair off at least once in their life. Oh. Like, you should you should do all that stuff and try, you know, try different things. And that, that's how you figure out what you like and what works for you. And um, and you get some good stories out of that too when yeah. stuff goes bad. So like, I have this birthmark and it's like a white mark. I remember the first time I tried to get rid of it. I was about seven. And um, I said, 
mom, I don't really like this white spot on, in my hair. And she's like, it's your birthmark, honey. I was like, I don't think it is. So I remember going to the barber shop and we cut off all my hair. And right after that, I just let my hair grow out. And I just kind of got used to it, so. What What is that called? There's a name for that. My friend has one of those. A birthmark? <laughs> no, there's like a, talking about like a white spot in your hair. I don't know what they're called. Hold on, I'm Googling it right now. There's a name for it. White spot in hair. Hold on. Oh, it's called poliosis. Poliosis? There's like another name for it. I don't know. Is that like a disease? um, It is the decrease or absence of melanin in one particular area. It's also known as white forelock if it's right above your forehead. Oh, God. My friend has it, and he used to like uh, dye it all the time. And then he eventually was just like, I'm just going to own this and live with it. So... Uh, which is cool. I dig it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Kyle, thank you so much. I'm just, this is too, this is cool. No problem, dude. I'm happy to help. Good luck on your final. And whoever's listening to this, give Nate an A. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to my interview with Kyle Shield, and I hope you enjoyed. And shout out to Mrs. Zanner. Go follow her Twitter. <laughs>